Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's that time again. It's time for the B-A-Q-A. The B-A-Q-A. The B-A-Q-A. The B-A-Q-A. Okay. It's time for Brown Ambition Question and Answer. You have questions. We have answers-ish. Because we're not your mama. We're not your financial advisor. Mm -mm. We're not your doctor, your therapist. We're just two brown girls on the internet doing the best we can, okay? (laughs) I don't want to be served with a lawsuit in the middle of Wegmans, y'all. No, 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 no. These are answers with a side of tea. Um, Just coming from, you know, your financial besties who have ideas, but not all of your information. So take it with a giant grain of salt. But we got some juicy business questions today, potentially a baby pyramid scheme we have to save some from <laughs> someone from. So let's do it. Where should we start? All right. This comes from a listener who wants to remain anonymous. And they say, I took out a $5,000 loan to help with startup costs of a new business venture. The payments are $100 a month for five or six years. I'm expecting to profit $200 to $300 a month initially from my business. My question is, should I use those profits to pay off the loan or should I use my nine to five income to pay off the loan and use the profits to continue to grow slash expand this new business? Thanks in advance. Four exclamation marks. Well, Annie, aka Anonymous, honestly, me and Mandy were like potato, potato. I mean, yeah. well, I guess on the if we're being super techy, technical, right? Technical Tuesday, um, I would say because you want to make sure, ideally, that the business is looping in the business, but everyone knows in the beginning, you know, that it's you personally and your job, likely, or whatever side hustle you have that is funding the business. But if your business is able to pay off the loan that you took, certainly you can do so. But you paying it off with your nine to five, it doesn't really, I just say all that to say it doesn't, I want to say it doesn't matter because you personally took off the loan, out the loan, not the business. So you owe it. Yeah. But if it was me, honestly, I probably would just say, I took out the loan. I'll pay it back. I'll use my money to invest back in my business because I'm working. I don't necessarily need the business funds just yet. So instead I'll just reinvest. That's likely what I would do. But If you don't do that, it's not wrong, technically, I don't think. What do you think, Mandra? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not mad at the idea of thinking of your business and personal expenses differently. Yes. I wish even in my first year of business, and I know this, I know that you, it's better (laughs) off, you're better off just keeping everything simple, but sometimes I run out of checks from my personal account and I'm just like, let me get these Mandy money checks real quick. I got a lot of those. (laughs) So maybe the landscaper got a check from my business last week. Maybe he did (laughs) and it's fine. Um, But I like the idea of putting it in two different buckets because, you know, and it also, it's like what we say to name your savings account. 
pounds almost, like give that money a job. And if you tell yourself, oh, this is my business profit, you're more likely to probably use it for those business expenses and maybe keep it separate and not dip into it when, you know, you run out of checks and your landscaper is like, knock, knock. Where'd my money, my money at, in the beginning of businesses is it's really messy. You try not to be, it's like high school. You know, you're going to be messy, girl. It's high school, but try not to be as messy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, but I keep doing it. Okay, this is not about me. It's about Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. So like, like Mandy said, if you could keep it separate and clean, that's ideal. One thing I will say, I was just telling what this to one to my, one of my mentees. Um, and I was telling her because her finances were, she's like year two and a half and her taxes were just a mess. And I had told her in the very beginning, look into maybe having a bookkeeper because, you know, although she has a financial background, she's got her degree in, in finance, still running, you know, doing your business finance on top of everything else. So I'm like a bookkeeper girl, you know, 20, 30 bucks an hour. You want them to create a profit and loss statement every month because that's what you'll give to your accountant. So you're not scrambling at the end of the year. Of course, she didn't listen. We never listened. Girl, I didn't do my taxes for the first two years of having a business. My accountant had to run me down in ShopRite, which is a major, <laughs> literally, Carlos ran me down in ShopRite. Carlos I was did. in ShopRite. Yes, I saw him in ShopRite. Mandy, I tried to make a U-turn. He said, ah, 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 ah. no, you come here now. Because <laughs> you can just imagine. First of all, it was, it was, you know it was baby budget Nisa. She was at ShopRite, not Whole Foods. <laughs> No. For those of you who don't know, ShopRite's like on the East Coast. It's very, it's very low cost um, um, yeah. supermarket. And so Carlos is our brown ambition um, um, accountant too. He's super nice and dope. He's mine he now. Like, yes. He was like Tiffany. Mm-hmm. I had been calling, meanwhile, he had been calling and texting me and I was like, la, 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 la. So yeah. So just imagine me in ShopRite with the big old ShopRite cart trying to make a, a quick turn down the aisle. And Carlos was like, Tiffany. I was like, if you know Carlos, he's like, I don't know. I won't even say he's short. Sorry, Carlos. But he made me like my height a little shorter. So he was like, Tiffany, but he has like the biggest, brightest smile. He is so friendly. And he was like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. He's like, do you want to go to jail? I was like, I don't. <laughs> so he said, honestly, he was so nice. He was do like, you want to go you- to jail? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He was like, what are you afraid of? I said, I'm afraid of how much I owe. He said, how much do you think you owe? And I said, $30,000. And he looked at me like, did you even make thirty thousand? I don't know why I had that in my mind. I did not think. I don't know why I had that in my mind. He's like thirty. You made like fifteen k your first girl. Year. I just had it in my mind. It was thirty. I don't know why. And then he was like, "Um, no, you owe eight. I was like, "Oh." He said, "But you would have owed. I think it was like near four. I was like, "Well, what do I owe eight? He said, "That's what happens when you don't file your taxes in time and you don't pay for two years." And I was like, "Okay, okay." Do we know it? <laughs> so from then on. You know, I said, no more of that. So Mandy and I just sharing these horror stories just so, you know, and even though you are going to be a little messy, you're a new business owner, try to be as little messy as possible, especially with your finances. Get yourself an accountant, get yourself a bookkeeper who can do those profit and loss statements so you don't scramble. And remember that your you, the money part of your business is literally the life's blood. So it needs to flow in order for your business to maintain. I don't care how successful you are. If the financial part, the taxes, the bookkeeping, all that stuff is a mess, then your business will eventually catch up and be a mess too. Yeah. I need Carlos to come track me down sometimes because I, I, I switched to an S Corp at the beginning of this year. Okay. And we did all that. And then like the year just went by and I was still doing things like I, you know, when I was just at a regular LLC, I would just pay myself, like write myself a check basically. And um, I just kept doing that. <laughs> and last week I had like one of those moments at 3am when I was like, <gasps> email Carlos and his wife, Tianu, does my bookkeeping. And I was like, you guys, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I feel like someone needs to look at me. 
Can yes. someone come look at me? Look, yes. at, I just wanted to be babysat. And they're like, and he's like, no, 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 no. Now you're an S Corp. You need to be a W-2. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Yes. But what, shouldn't you be doing these things? <laughs> even if you have an accountant, like yes. they don't always, like they're busy. It's taxis and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So even me, I'm like, okay, someone needs to, I don't know what, something's off here, but yeah. at least me reaching out and hopefully I'll um I'll start paying myself with like an actual yes. W-2 employee I mean, now. you can take owner's draws, you know, like as a, as a, but. That's what I've been doing. I just tell myself that. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, but it has Tiani's to look like, like owner's what's draw. This? It has to look like it? What do you mean? Well, meaning like you can't just like make a transfer from one account to another account. It has to like, you know, be sent to you as like, oh, this is an owner's draw. Like, you know, you get your, because I get my regular, I'm, I'm an S-Corp for both of my, um, main companies as well. One of them though, I'm considering going to a C-Corp. So for those of you who are like, what are these letters? So an LLC, from what I remember, is like uh, the way the state looks at you as it relates to the way you're incorporated, right? And so S-Corps are also LLCs. And what makes LLCs um, special is that it's a pass-through entity. That just means that when you pay taxes, the business passes through to you and the taxes go on your personal tax return. Right. So when you are a um, sole proprietor um, LLC or say like a partnership LLC, you are still considered like self-employed. When you become an S Corp, that means Mandy officially is a is an employee of her business and she no longer has to pay self-employment tax. That's the benefit from adding S Corp to your LLC. It's like, ooh, -hoo. but that typically you don't you shouldn't do that probably around maybe like a hundred thousand a year mark, you know, because then it's like, okay, now my self-employment tax is going to be too expensive. If you're making under $100,000 a year, self-employment tax, you know, in relation to the other taxes you would pay as an S-Corp, is probably manageable. Once you start to make six figures or more, considering you want to talk to your attorney, talk to your accountant, they'll help guide you. And they'll do, they'll see taxes as an as a um, sole proprietor LLC, taxes as, a, as an S-Corp. And then, you know, they'll let you know where, you know, you'll save. And so you move over to the LLC side. You are now an employee. So Mandy is no longer self-employed. She has to pay herself a salary, you know? My boss is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> she needs and to get so, it together. Now that's when it starts to get tricky. <laughs> now I got to pay payroll taxes though. So Girl. that's where I'm like, damn. So yes. I'm behind three months on payroll taxes now. It's like, ah, it's I'm never a, ahead. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, honestly, I've made so many mistakes. So I'm not even, because first of all, I, Carlos said, it, I think it's time to become a C-Corp. Now, when you're a C-Corp, Corp, it is not an LLC. It does not pass through onto your personal taxes. And when I say pass through on your personal taxes, I mean this, that your company makes $100,000, you spend $50,000, and there's $50,000 left over. Maybe of the fifty, dollars you give yourself twenty-five dollars for payment. And then you say, I'm going to save $25,000. Woohoo, the government does not care. That saved $25,000 is money that was earned and not spent on the business. So they look at it as your earned income. So you're going to have to pay taxes on the 25 you receive and the 25 you do not receive. I did not know that in the beginning. I was like, why am I? I felt broke. I was paying so much in taxes, not realizing that my company should be chipping in because some of that money was still left over in the company for savings. And so like, that's just a whole thing. But then I switched to, I thought a C-Corp, we had filled out the paperwork, didn't realize it didn't go through. A C-Corp is different in that you are now an employee, just like an S-Corp, but except for it's not a pass-through. The company will pay its own taxes. It doesn't pass on to your personal. Like for example, Jeff Bezos, imagine him paying, you know, taxes on a trillion dollars, you know? He ain't paid taxes in a hot minute. <laughs> I know, but Please. you know, let's pretend like he paid. So C-Corps, as you start to make more, 
you know, maybe like seven figures or maybe multiple six figures, then a C corp might make more sense. I thought I was a C corp, Mandy, and we were filing taxes for like two or three years. You telling me that you were, or that Girl, something like that. I was not a C corp. No, I was not a C corp. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> Yo, when I tell you the amount oh, of man. undoing, the amount of undoing, I was like, say what now? Say say what now? I was like, so I guess we applied, but you know, it didn't go through or whatever happened, and I so I'm filing taxes incorrectly. When I tell you the amount of money, because C Corps technically lowered my tax, my tax burden. So they're like, oh, sis, you wasn't supposed to get them breaks. Not only do you owe us, you owe us money on what you owed us. So oh, Lord. I know. I'm just saying all this to say, like, child, it's, get your finances in order. Get your finances in order when it comes to um, your business. So good luck. Sorry. I hope we didn't scare you. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, it's say. just a $5,000 loan. <laughs> <laughs> dollars a month that's a pretty good that's a that's a nice you know I nice know, little uh, monthly payment there <laughs> it is. okay well let's that was that that went in directions that i'm so glad it went in but let's take a yes. quick break and we'll come back with your next question for the baqa hey ba fam this episode is sponsored by state farm are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you know what. I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. All right, we are back and let's get into our second question. This one's interesting from Jessica. Jessica says, I met a wonderful girl in a retail store one day. She was so nice and invited my boyfriend and I for coffee. She was really well put together and was excited to leave her corporate job and pursue her passion. When we got to coffee with her, she started to mention a men mentorship and being part of a mentorship opportunity from wealthy people. In short, I'm pretty sure it was a pyramid setup. Do you all have a point of view on these? I don't think it's for me, but I would love to know your insights since some people seem to be successful with it. That story took a turn. I met a wonderful girl. I was like, oh, it's a love story. Oh, yes. no, it's a horror story. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, and then I was like, wait, is this a swinger story? What's happening? Because just like me and my boyfriend, I'm like, I'm confused. Yeah. What are these? Is there wealthy people offering mentorship I, as a pyramid scheme? I haven't heard of this. I, well, 
I've heard of, so there, right now what's really big that I've seen is that there are a lot of um, masterminds, that that's the new thing. And so, but not in the, not with a pyramid structure. So not like, you know, you bring somebody in and so the pyramid structure, Mindy, you want to explain like what, like, you know, like one of these like pyramid structure looks like and then. Blue LaRoe yeah. and who is the people that sell the knives? I don't know. I just know Cutco I've had to save knives. several. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically it's, it's, it's think of a pyramid. You have the people at the very tippy top who are actually making money and then they recruit other people to come in and start selling the product or getting members into their, into their business. And then those members bring in other recruits and then those recruits bring in more recruits and the lower down the pyramid that you get, the harder it is to actually make money from it. And yeah, they, it's, also called the multi-level marketing. Yes, MLMs. Um, mm-hmm. MLMs. And I feel like there's a very uh, aggressive public relations campaign to try to save face for MLMs. And people are like really, you know, they get kind of upset whenever you talk about them and dog on yeah. them. But they target working wim- uh, home, um, sorry, mm-hmm. women so often, especially women who work from home or who are stay-at-home mothers or parents. Like, And because of that population, because they're coming for us, you know, I just feel more like we have to really be careful and be aware of what it is. So a mastermind. So go ahead. Well, I'll just say this real quick about MLM. The the thing about MLM, the marker of it being unsavory is that there's less a push for you to actually sell the product or service and more push for you to recruit. So it's like, wait, you know, like you have like LuLaRoe, like literally it wasn't so much that the people who were selling LuLaRoe were actually making money selling the leggings. It was, if I can sign up Mandy underneath me, then she has a mandatory um, amount that she has to buy. So it literally wasn't like Mandy selling it. She's buying it. And so I get a percentage of anything that Mandy has bought or sold. I get a percentage of that. And so Mandy's like, well, dang, you know, I'm running out of money. Let me sign up my sister. So then her sister has to buy a certain amount. So it was less about like, oh, selling this great product or service and more about signing people up. So just so we're clear, that's why uh, pyramid schemes and those MLMs are so detrimental because the the underlying business is not good business. You know, it's just about recruiting people versus selling good things. But masterminds typically are different. You were almost going to join a mastermind, or did you join a mastermind? Uh, you were going to go to some kind of conference, I feel like, that Zion invited you mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So, yes, my business coach invited me. It was a lot of money. I want to say it was like $10,000, you know, for that week or whatever. Yeah, it's a lot. So, but the thing about it is, is that there's no recruiting. Like, it's not like, hey, Tiffany, you bring somebody in, you get money. But it doesn't mean that their that they're, masterminds can't be scams too. Anything can be a scam. So a mastermind at its core, when it's good, is a group of people who are working toward like whatever success, you know, we could all be from different backgrounds. And then, um, and you are supposed to share the knowledge that you know, and like almost into a pot. And then people can kind of pull from that pot. Like, oh, I know marketing. Well, that's great. Cause I know copywriting. Well, that's great because I know, and you're supposed to, you're supposed to share that. And then typically there's someone maybe who is, um, for some masterminds, it's all peers. And for some masterminds, there's like one person that might be like the mentor of the mastermind. And so like, I'm not opposed to masterminds. The only thing now they've become so expensive and you wonder like, what's the return? I certainly have friends who are in some and they they say that, you know, it's been great. Like it's all these wealthy people teaching other wealthy people how to be wealthy. Um, I've been to one, like I went to Vegas, I remember. I can't remember how much it was, but it was like for people who were seven figures trying to be eight figures. And certainly I learned a lot, but there was a lot of upselling at that mastermind, meaning at the end saying you learned all of this, you can learn even more for $100,000. Literally, it was a $120,000 upsell. 
I was like, bruh, I flew a economy here, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, but would you ever join? I've seen more. And I I don't know. I I did invite myself to an informal you like an informal um group of fellow online entrepreneurs and just you know who get together on Zoom every once in a while. But it's not like a paid. It's just like a networking group because I'm really trying to one. I want to like find support and find like among my peers and all that. Anyway, so that to me has value, but I'm not necessarily. I don't know if I'm, I don't know. I'm always open to input and I have worked with a business coach and, you know, and I'm, I'm definitely open to that, but I don't know, like I did get an, I did see an ad for like a two day sort of one of those, exactly what you were saying, like you're at seven figures, you want to be eight or six figures to seven or something like that. It was two days and it was like $15,000 and nah, no, I mean, I, I don't think I'm able to invest that much from what I'm making as a business. Like right now, I'm kind of looking at the math and I'm like, oh, that's a couple months worth of income. And no, nah, daycare is expensive. So yeah, math ain't math. And I, at a certain point, of course, you want to invest in your business. Yes. And as a business owner, you know, depending on how you structure it, those business expenses can be deducted and like it actually helps you to reduce your tax liability. But I would want to, I would say to this person, you didn't mention the name of the program, but I wouldn't sign up to anything right then. I would Google the hell out of it and look for reviews and look for testimonials and be really clear. the tea online. Yeah. I'm just surprised. What an old fashioned way to recruit. Just meet someone in a store. I feel like I got my don't talk to me face on, like stone cold, do not approach me. <laughs> like, so, also, you know, too, it seems odd because it's like, now, here's the thing, like, it's, it, it's one thing for like, okay, you are in this business space and someone says, hey, Mandy, I know you started a business and, you know, this is thing, this thing is working for me. But for me to just be walking in the store, you don't know anything about me. You know, what, what value yeah. add are you adding? You know what I mean? So to me, this rings like scammy versus I might tell Mandy, hey, Mandy, you know, last week, last year, I, I spent a weekend in Cabo learning from these people. I think it's a really good idea. You should, you should come, you know? That's different. Like, you know, so then Mandy might say, oh, okay, like I don't get paid if Mandy comes and it might be expensive, but I'm like, you know, I really got to learn all these things and got to connect with different people. So in general, masterminds are, you know, not bad ideas. It's just as long as you're clear on what your desired outcome is, um, it's in alignment with where you actually want to go. And like, you know, I would definitely get some like referrals, like I said, because all my friends are in so many masterminds. Some of these masterminds, Mandy, $50,000 for the year. And I'm just like, are they selling gold up in there? <laughs> it just, and I've been in a couple and I'm not going to lie, we've gotten on the phone and I'm like, so I, I've only ever joined free ones. And I, I mean, and maybe that's why they haven't been so great, but I've been on a couple and after a couple of calls, I'm like, oh my God, this is not useful. This is not helpful. So I've left. So maybe because they're free. Um, so they weren't as focused, but um, pyramid schemes, no. Mastermind, maybe. Yeah, I'm suspicious of like any business that's kind of built on convincing people they can't do something on their own that they need, you know, guidance or they need this particular method or strategy. Um, and as a career coach myself, I I think about that often because I want my value to always be that I'm someone who can help you see through blind spots and encourage and make you feel more capable of doing it. And I and I love the term coach. I really, I think in the past, I was always like, coach, and eh, what is that? But <laughs> I mean, what better way to describe what it is that, you know, 
I do through my work and actually helping people be the best versions of themselves. But I would tell someone immediately if I felt like I'm not probably the right person for you right now or the right, you know what I mean? And even for my group coaching program, I know one of the one of the makers wanted to know, is there a referral code, a referral um, uh, fee if we refer people to makers? And I was like, no, I don't want people to feel like they need to refer people and they're going to make money off. I want you to refer people because you got so much out of it. You know what I mean? And that word of mouth and is powerful. Wrong with that. I feel like, you know, and maybe as you grow, you might have like a, you know, someone might actually bring in genuinely their sister or whatever. And you, I mean, you'll, you might reconsider because I mean, I don't have any referral programs either, but for example, the literature Academy, it's something I'm looking into because a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm wanting. So, you know, it's been six years. So I'm open to that. But girl, if you need a coach, you got two coaches right here. You need a career coach. Where can they, where can she find you, Mandy? <laughs> oh, mandymoney.com. Right. And then if you want a mentor, I mentor in business entrepreneurship, personal and professional development. And it's just mymentortiffany.com. So says, and meanwhile, it's 10 yeah. bucks for me. So yeah. first of all, let me, and- let me laugh. Like, so I set real clear guidelines about like what I will and will not do in the, my mentor Tiffany space. And a woman emailed me, was like, I'm really disappointed because I expected that I was going to have a one-on-one with you. I'm like, well, one, it's clear in what, I, like the video and what I wrote, like when you sign up. Yeah. But she was like, maybe I'm being unrealistic. Sis, it's ten dollars yeah. a month. Yo, that's not even babysitting. Ten whole dollars a <laughs> month, and you thought that we were gonna get on. You know, and I really try to be clear every time I teach a lesson. I'm like, hey, let's just reestablish boundaries. This is what it's gonna look like. Um, mom, sis, you thought we was gonna get on call, and I was gonna be like, ooh, child. Anyway, now don't get me wrong. I do mentoring for like the ten people who I mentor, and it's free. We just talk, you know. But I was just like. That's not what this is. This is really digital group mentoring. I'm trying to make it as accessible as possible. But I just thought that that was like, a month, sis? Yeah. I would hate to be babysitting your child because you must be like, here's your two pennies. See you next next week. <laughs> Girl, I mean, my cousin Anna makes $25 an hour babysitting. Girl. I'm like, should I be a full-time? No. The children, <laughs> I no. I can't. Other people's children, no. <laughs> well, listen, you can buy your own damn coffee. You know, you don't need someone else to buy you a coffee in a, in, a, in a random store. But thanks for the fun, fun story, Jessica. And be safe out there, y'all. Be safe out there in these streets. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, this was your week. Be a Q&A. We will see y'all next week. If y'all want to ask your question and have it featured on the show, go to brownambitionpodcast.com and click ask us anything. You can also email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs on Instagram, brownambitionpodcast on IG. Don't say that we are not available to you, okay? Three different ways for for y'all to submit your questions, okay? And don't forget to subscribe to our new newsletter. Go to brownambitionpodcast.com and find out how to join the newsletter. You get updates from us insights into the show, all kinds of fun goodies. So that's that. Hey, BA fam, we could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition Podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru. And I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host, and I will see y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. 
purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets Podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.